like makes it much more difficult to repair. You've lost the relationship that really you you know you could have continued. You've burnt bridges, some bridges, and it's and those relationships you know are no longer part of your life moving forward. And I'm not saying that we have to maintain every single relationship we make in our lives because I found that's impossible. Having moved from Melbourne to Korea and then come back here, you know, some people like you're just not that close, and it's okay. It's okay that you don't message each other every day, but when you see them in the future, is it going to be awkward because you know that you kind of cut each other off, or are you going to be just able to give them a warm embrace and say, "Hey, man, it's been it's been a while. You know, how have you been?" And I think what happens is. As we, if fear causes us to respond in that way of distancing ourselves in order to avoid the pain, the the sadness of saying goodbye, then I think what happens is we look around at some point in our life and realize we have all these burnt bridges, but no friends. I think that kind of mindset leads us to have an empty life that is devoid of ongoing relationships. Because that doesn't just, it's not just about saying goodbye, but it may prevent you from building relationships in the future because you're afraid of, well, what happens if I have to say goodbye soon? So you don't even make that effort in order to preserve yourself. That preservation mindset can lead to emptiness. So you will all agree that that's not a good thing, right? <laughs> we need to learn how to say goodbye in a healthy, proper way. And obviously for our church, our community right now, I think that's a really important thing for us to be thinking about. How are we going to spend these last remaining weeks together? Do we want it just to be like a just disintegration? Or do we want to enjoy it, enjoy our fellowship to the very end, and then, you know, move forward with happiness. Sadness because we're breaking up, but happiness because there's that, I'm leaving with these relationships still intact. I'm not kind of empty now. I haven't lost friends, although I've lost a church community. And so let's look at Jesus' example today. We see in the first verse, he in his heart knows that he's ready He's preparing himself to say goodbye to his disciples. And in fact, John, from John 13 to 17, it's like five, it's like four or five chapters, that's all Jesus saying goodbye. It is like the longest goodbye in world history ever recorded. Right? That's all of his final words to his disciples, saying goodbye, preparing them for life without him. And so we're going to look at how he says goodbye. And there's three things, three things that I want to look at. The first, obviously, is that Jesus, in saying goodbye, what does he do? He loves, he shows love to his disciples. Right? He doesn't cut off love, but he continues to show love to his disciples. But what does that love look like? So there are three things that the uh, Apostle John writes in this chapter. The first is that, verse 1, Jesus, having loved his own, 
He loves them to the end. He loves them in a steadfast love, committed love to the very end. He doesn't run away, but he sticks it out. Now, this is not a, like a, in terms of like a guiltiness or, you know, like I feel obliged to love, stay here. But it's out of love. Out of love, he chooses to not cut him off. It's like, oh, it'd be easier if, I just, if we just stopped hanging out, you know. It won't hurt as much when I have to say goodbye. He doesn't do that, but he stays with them to the very end. Now, that doesn't mean we have to hang out every single day, etc., etc., but let our commitment be to the end instead of, okay, it's easier just to, you know, sneak off into the shadows. Uh, The second, he loves by serving them. So we're going to come to this later. But I call that selfless, selfless love, serving love. The time that he spends with them is not just about him, like him being appreciated. So at, at New Philly, we have this thing called A&A, like aff- appreciation and affirmation time, where, you know, it's great to like receive people's nice words about you. And sometimes the only, the only reason I like doing that kind of stuff is to get people to nice, say nice things about me. Right? But actually the point is to appreciate and affirm each other. And I think that's the mindset that Jesus has is these final, these final times I'm going to spend with my disciples. It's not about me. It's about me serving them. And if we all have that, that mindset, if we all want to serve each other, then no one's going to get missed out. Right? We're all going to take care of each other. And lastly, the third one. So we have steadfast love. He loved them to the end. Selfless love. He loved them by serving them. And the third is a supernatural, radical love where he loved even the one who betrayed him. All right. We look in, uh, it's verse, yeah, two and three. All right. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, and then he proceeded to wash even Judas's feet, knowing that Judas was going to betray him in a matter of hours. So a supernatural love, a love that is beyond what is rational, beyond what makes sense, right? These people... Like some of them, we may not continue to do church together. We may catch up, you know, occasionally for birthdays, things like that. You know, Haley and Joseph are going to go to Canada when you know, Joseph graduates. So logically, rationally, why should I invest anything in them? They're not going to be here in the future. How does Jesus respond to a similar thing? This is the guy who's going to, get me killed. Rationally, I should give him the cold shoulder. Why should I wash his feet? But that's not the love of God. That's not the character of God that Jesus has. And that shouldn't be the character that we have, especially as we face, I mean, in normal life, we shouldn't be like that. 
But especially in this specific situation of when you're faced with saying goodbye, it makes even more sense not to. Yet, Jesus shows us that we should. We should show that radical, supernatural love that makes no sense sometimes. All right, so let's look through these three points. Um, it's not going to be a long sermon. You know, it was a lot, a lot on my heart, uh, a lot to think about this week. And, you know, I think, yeah, I think you'll, you'll get the point. And um, yeah, we'll just keep it simple today. So let's go back to verse 1. And let's read it together. Let's read it together. Okay, so when you're ready, let's read verse 1 together. One, two, three. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Hmm. I wonder if you've ever faced that situation of when you knew that, like for example, if you've moved countries or things like that, you know, you face that situation where you know that things are not going to be the same. Moving on. And, and just thinking about our, our meeting last week, um, you know, it went really well. I think everyone was sad, but, you know, positive. We felt like this was the best. But then as we progress through these coming weeks, we're going to be faced with this challenge. Right? Six weeks, it seems short in some ways and it may fly by when we get to that final Sunday we look back and it's like wow that flew by but as you actually walk through it as you live through those remaining months you have left in America or New Zealand or Korea like as as you actually go through that time sometimes it can seem actually really long and the temptation can be there especially you know when you're when it's when it's something that's really sad like it's it's a really sad move that you're you're making i know that for me when i moved from melbourne to korea the first time um we were at a ministry called ecf with you know the guy, some of the guys here and um when i first made the decision to go like it was during a prayer meeting and i literally cried the entire prayer meeting thinking about like leaving leaving these guys i had this like little pile of tissues um, on the pew, the pew bench, like piled up. And I think Jenny or someone thought like I had a runny nose or like, you know, I had a cold. And so like she kept giving me more tissues. But um, I looked up at her and I'm like, she's like, whoa, are you okay? Um, And I think for me, the temptation, because I'd moved many times before, the temptation was... Yeah, let's let's just stop catching up. Let's not meet up as much. Um, let's just make it easier, just to move on. But those of I remember as I was praying, I heard very clearly, um, just a very strong sense from God to like, do not burn bridges. Like these people that you know you grew up with and did life with that you love, why would you burn these bridges just to save a little bit of momentary 
sadness and pain, right? That's natural. Of course, we're going to go through pain. But it's not worth it. It's not worth saving those extra few days of sadness and losing, like, potentially lifelong friendships that you have. And I think it's, part of it is actually, I think, I think it's like a cultural thing as well, a social thing, where today our society, the point of our life is to minimize pain, is to have comfort, to have happiness, right? We want to avoid pain, we want to run away from pain, we want to numb ourselves to pain. But like like I said, if you cut off relationships for the purpose of avoiding that you know extra pain that momentary pain that you go through then what you end up is with just a life full of burnt bridges no pain but no nothing just an empty numb life and i really learned that lesson um as i was leaving melbourne the first time um i think god really help people reach out to me, help me to reach out to people. And, you know, I felt like I was able to really maintain strong relationships, even if it wasn't like catching up every single day, you know, when I was in Korea. Um, Yeah, so... So Jesus, he chooses to serve, to love his disciples to the very end. And, you know, I really want to encourage our community for you guys to also consider that. I know, like, during the week, randomly, you'll have different thoughts, you know. Um, You'll be thinking about, you know, which church should I go to in the future and things like that. And, And sometimes it'll be tempting to just, you know, Maybe I should just move on. Just just move now. If, if it's going to happen anyway, what's the point? What's the point of seeing out these last six months? Uh, six weeks, sorry. <laughs> and, um, and whilst it may rationally make sense, you know, I think what Jesus shows us is that you know, he put value in relationships more than pragmatism, right? More than just doing what is efficient, right? He healed one person out of a hundred at the pool of Bethesda, right? It was about his relationship with God. First of all, God told him, heal that one man, right? Don't heal anyone else, just heal that one person. But then also, you know, he chose to look and sow into one person's life. He cared about that one person. And I think, yeah, that is the type of love that we should also ref- reflect uh, in these finals, in this next or this coming season, you know, for our church. Okay, so it's loving steadfastly to the end. Uh, second, let's look at a selfless serving love. So let's read. Um, I'll just read out the the part where Jesus, he washes his disciples' feet. So this includes Judas, who betrayed him. 
So Jesus, he laid aside, reading from verse 4, he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered, And what I am doing you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, then you have no share with me. But Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one one who has bathed (coughs) does not need to wash except for his feet. But he is completely clean. (coughs) And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. So Jesus here, he shows, he demonstrates another aspect of God's love, which is that it is selfless. It serves others. You know, I think, um, particularly for us in this time, thank you, it's very easy for us to just consider our own interests. Like when when the, the body, when the collective is, you know, breaking up, when we're, you know, splitting up, However, however it ends up happening. Uh, it's very easy just to switch into, I need to look after myself. And you definitely do. You need to discern where God is leading you. you know, what is the right community for you? you know, what, what do you need to find in terms of your spiritual welfare in this next season? But in terms of how we relate to one another in this community for the remaining weeks, I would suggest that what Jesus shows is that even though thing, like he's preparing to say goodbye, he continues to serve his disciples, like the people who are meant to serve him in that culture. He chooses to show them love by serving them. And I think that is... It's an aspect of God's love that you know, we need to display all times. We're always asked to be, you know, servant, servant-hearted. But I think it's most important when it's the most difficult. Right? When it's, the temptation is to just think about oneself. And I'm not saying that anyone has been doing that, but I feel like the temptation will come, even for me as well. Right? Because, you know, what's the point? We're just going to, you know, we're going to end in a few weeks. You know, why should I give up an hour or two on Sundays to come early to help set up, or you know, whatever it is, CGs, you know, whatever it might be, those temptations will come. But Jesus, I think, shows us how to serve, especially in a time where it will be very difficult. It doesn't make sense. Why would he be serving them in this moment? especially at the cultural setting, especially in this time when he's about to leave. You know, I think it would make sense that 
The disciples want to serve Jesus as much as possible. Right? He, they would want to show him as much love as possible, knowing that he, you know, if, he, if they knew that he was going to leave shortly. But instead, the way he shows just truly how much he loves them is to serve them, even when he's actually not supposed to, going above and beyond what is required of him. Mm. Right, and lastly, uh, lastly, Jesus, he loves supernaturally. So we read in that last verse, for he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. But yet, Jesus, he chooses to wash Judas's feet. Now, the, the, the little bit about this interchange between Peter and Jesus. You know, Peter is, you know, he's saying, I should be washing your feet. Right? That's what Peter said, like, this is not right. I should be the one washing your feet. Then Jesus says, well, if you don't let me wash your feet, then you don't understand. You don't understand what I'm about. And then, so Peter goes, well, in that case, wash my entire body. Right? He's about to take his clothes off. But he's like, whoa, whoa, no, Jesus is like, no, Peter, no, Peter. I don't need to wash your whole body, just your feet. Because those who know Jesus, they have been washed clean by his blood. You are always clean in the eyes of God. But what are our feet? The soles of our feet. The soles of our feet are the things that come into contact with the ground, with the, with the dirt in life. So that is the aspect of needing to have daily repentance, confession and repentance. So Jesus is washing their feet. The symbolic aspect of the washing is that we need to come before Jesus daily, confess and repent of the dirt that gets on our feet. All right. So that's what the whole point was. And if you think about it, he washed Judas's feet. He knew what Jesus, Judas was about to do, yet he still washed Judas's feet. Now, we, we love each other in this church, and I'm sure you guys at your churches, you lo- we say we love each other. But it doesn't mean like you're best friends with everyone. That doesn't mean like you're 100% cool with everyone. You know, or they're just, you know, some people, they're just not as close to you. But I wonder, again, the temptation. These people I'm not as close to. I don't think we're necessarily going to like hang out a lot in the future. I feel like the temptation will be, well, I guess, you know, just start to care less about them. You know, I don't need to go out of my way to help them. If I can, if I see that they need help, you know, someone else can help them. Why? Because, you know, things are, we're going to, you know, we have our final service in like four weeks anyway. You know, just, just to be real, just to like discuss the reality of the situation. Or even in our personal lives, how easy is it for us to say that we love everyone as Christian brothers and sisters, but then because of whatever beef we might have with one another or, you know, we just don't click, mesh as well with certain people, we actually do change the way we love. We don't actually love everyone 
equally, radically, supernaturally. Like Jesus loves the one who's about to kill him. Right. It would have made sense for Jesus just to be washing Peter, washing James, washing Andrew, Judas. No, thank you. <laughs> right. Like that would make sense. I could, un- I could forgive Jesus for doing that. But yeah, he's going to kill you. He's going to get you killed. But I think what Jesus is doing in this chapter is actually he's displaying three key aspects of God's love. Steadfast, committed, doesn't give up on people. Selfless, serving, and a supernatural, radical love that loves your enemies, that loves those who persecute you, that loves people who are different to you, the other. All right? Even in church, I think the great thing about church is that there are people from random parts of life that you would never hang out with if it wasn't for church. Maybe if you played like soccer or something together with them. Like, I think church is one of the few places in society today where it brings us into contact with people from completely different parts of life. And it allows us to show a love that is not based on similarities. It's easy to love someone who's the same as you. But how radical, how supernatural it is to love someone who is different to you. And on top of that, love someone who you may not have a continued close fellowship with in the future but you still choose to love them you still choose to show them a radical serving committed love um one thing that i was reminded of was like this uh quote from how i met your mother the the great sitcom of faith right um and he talked about i think i think he was the main character ted was dating this girl and and she's going to move to germany or something some of you might remember and they're like she wanted to just kind of okay i guess that's it i'm leaving for germany in 2 days bye and i don't want to see you again but then he's like i think it was his friend was saying to him if you knew that you're going to lose your leg in three days, would you just stop using your leg and just be sad and cry about it? Or would you run around and jump and do awesome awesome kung fu kicks and jumping kicks in the air and enjoy the final three days with your leg, knowing that it's going to go? Right. And I think that's one, it's not necessarily like a biblical thing, but I think that's just practically, how do we want to finish this season, you know? Do we want to just end on like a sad note, like, oh, you know, we don't want to, I don't want, it doesn't want, I don't want it to make it hurt more. Or do we want to enjoy the fellowship, love to the end, serve one another, be radical, supernatural in our love for one another? And I think, you know, that, you know, Ted was not Christian, but I think. One thing for us, the, the one truth that kind of brings all of this together, that makes all of these make sense, it's not just us being crazy and delusional, is that Jesus is going to return soon. So that's one thing Jesus knew here. 
He knew that he was going to return soon and see them again and be with them again. There was a reason why he wanted to continue these relationships, why he wanted to continue to love them to the end, to build them up. Because he knew he was coming back. And then he ended up going again. But we also know that he's going to come back again for a second time, the second coming, and this time he's going to be here forever. And I think that's also what we need to remember is in the background. That it's not just about our community ending in six weeks or you know, whatever else might be going on in people's lives, you know, moving countries and things like that. But for a community of faith, we have to remember that when Jesus returns, we are all going to be reunited. We are all going to spend eternity in his kingdom together. So imagine like, you, you know, if, if you like cut someone off right now and then in the future like we're reunited and it'll be kind of like, hey, Tehan, so like I'm sorry about how I cut you out <laughs> when we finished, you know. And you have to go through the whole forgiveness thing and you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll, it'll like Jesus will sprinkle his blood on you and stuff. But you know, wouldn't you rather just have like a joyful reunion? Like when I visited Melbourne again for the first time, like it was a joyful time to meet like old friends, you know, because we didn't end off in an awkward way. There are, you know, there are some friendships I did end awkwardly and I don't really meet up with those people anymore. But especially for our Christian brothers and sisters who we know that we're going to spend eternity together. Think, thinking about the big picture, eternity. You know, how do we want to show love to one another, especially for us uh, in this season of our church? Let's be like Jesus. Okay, I'll close us in prayer, and then we'll... uh, Oh, can we let Kristen know so she'll come back? I think Chloe has something to show us, so we'll finish off with a special presentation. All right, let me pray for us. Uh, Father, we just thank you, God, for your son, Jesus, who who demonstrated that love for us, that love that is steadfast, that is selfless, that is just supernatural, just a radical love for us, who loved us even when we were sinners, Lord. And Father, I just pray that, you know, for our community and also for other people who are going through similar transitions, um, that you would just fill us with your love and enable us, Holy Spirit, empower us to continue to love one another just the way that, Jesus, you loved your disciples until the very end. Remembering that the big picture is that you're coming back and we are going to be reunited together as one family for eternity. And so how do we really want to you know, spend that time? How do we want to feel when we see one another Um, you know, at your return, God. You know, I pray that we would all choose to love like you loved and that it will be a time of just joy and celebration and not like confession and repentance and forgiveness, God. Um, You know, Father, we just pray for um, just our community, for our brothers and sisters who are not here. Father, may you help them also to not be led by fear, Um, but to be filled by your love and that we can really just celebrate and enjoy what you have been doing uh, here in Melbourne, especially, God. 
Uh, Father, we just thank you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.